Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Vintage Crop has got him. Vintage Crop. The Irish horse will win the Melbourne Cup. Hello, I'm Gareth Hall and welcome to International Day here at Werribee where all the international runners have been staying during the Melbourne Spring Carnival and we will be catching up with a few of the major players heading towards the Melbourne Cup. Charlie Fellows will be joining me shortly, of course, the trainer of Prince of Aaron. We'll also have a chat to Mr Shimizu and his translator, Cozzy. Of course, they'll be looking to take out another one of our feature races in the Melbourne Cup with the Caulfield Cup winner, Murder Glace. And then Mark Powell will also join us. He is the assistant trainer to Joseph O'Brien, who will settle up four Melbourne Cup hopefuls in the big race come Tuesday. But I'm joined here by some of my great mates. Mick Sharkey, it's a very um, good morning to you. It's nice to be in the category of great yep. mates with you, Gareth. That's, no. that's, that's, <laughs> I'd put that right up there with... <laughs> You know, what? if I'm an extra in a movie <laughs> or something like that, you know, that's that's sort of standing for me. <laughs> Lee Modded Head from the Racing Post, you've become my best mate. Every day yeah, I say yeah. I have to have to have a chat to you. We've bonded very yeah, quickly, we haven't have. we? It's beautiful. <laughs> and Adam Wilkerson, who is the boss here at Werribee, he joins us. Good morning to you, Adam. Thanks, Gareth. Uh, good morning to you. Welcome to Werribee once again. Yep. Now, this is the 10th year Werribee has been the home to these international Raiders. How have you enjoyed it this year? Uh, it's been great, Gareth. It's been my first year in charge of uh, the club whilst we've had quarantine. Um, certainly a hive of activity since the internationals arrived back through early September and it's continued right up until today. They've got a great record. I think they've tasted success on six occasions in the Melbourne Cup since Werribee has been the home of the international Raiders. Um, you've been watching these horses closely since they have arrived. Can you pick one out for us? Oh, look, I really can't go past Murder Glass the way yep. it has come through the Caulfield Cup and certainly has improved since. Um, obviously, questions around whether or not it'll run the distance, but I think from my perspective, it's probably the one. Now, Sharky, who's yes, been the best international horse that you've seen? Vintage Crop started all back in 1993 when he took out the Melbourne Cup for Dermot Weld. You know the one that sticks in my mind is when Delta Blues won at yep. Pot Rock, just the the way they cleared out for the rest of them. I don't know if they were the classiest, but that year, I think it was the Japanese factor and just their dominance. It really just sticks in the memory. But you'd be hard to go past Dunedin, wouldn't you? Like Melbourne yeah. Cup, Caulfield Cup, he kept coming out, buttering up. and He was just such a tough horse. And from an obscure background, little roly-poly, nuggety fellow, a bit like yourself, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just got the job done. We love those yeah. horses. Oh, 
<laughs> exactly right. This is these are the horses that we fall in love with because we can relate to them. Lee Modder said, "You can't relate to a daughter. Then you're more of an American cane, a big yeah. strapping stallion." Yeah, there's no denying that. Yeah, no denying that. What's um, been your favourite Melbourne Cup success from an international perspective? Well, my favourite international visitor was also didn't actually win the race. A horse called Persian Punch. He was a great, oh, yeah, yeah. huge, great horse. He's a ripper. Yeah, I wrote a book about Persian Punch years ago. He was a really popular racehorse in Britain. Uh, he died of a heart attack at Ascot. He literally ran his heart out at Ascot and died on the track there. It was a really emotional day. So even my favourite horse that's run over here. But I think in terms of international victors of the Melbourne Cup, I think you have to go back to the first vintage crop. Yeah. Just because he was the pioneer. Dermot Weld was the pioneer. He'd already done it before by he'd gone to America on a Belmont state to go and go. He was a man with tremendous foresight. And also, he had a horse who, who you looked at vintage crop and... Seven, eight months before he won the Melbourne Cup, he was running in the champion hurdle at Cheltenham. Mm. You know, he was a sort of horse that you thought, that, that can't win a, a Melbourne Cup. But Dermot Weld was, was such a visionary that he saw him vintage proper horse who could do it, and he did do it. And he paved the way for, I mean, literally transforming this amazing horse race. Adam, I need to touch on this. Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy over the last, well, towards the end of last week with a couple of horses scratched from the Melbourne Cup. Ispolini for Cadolphin and also Marmello for Huey Morrison. And then there were some question marks whether it's Werribee, basically, that's causing all of these injuries. What do you say about all of that? It's a challenging one to really, you know, understand. I mean, the track itself is prepared the best it can ever be for this period of time. Um, probably, to be honest, probably better than what it is during the racing season. Racing Victoria obviously undertook a study back uh, early this year in relation to obviously the injuries that have, have occurred and, and the track was not blamed in any way for yep. those um, for those issues. So you I'm, think it's unfair? Oh, it's very much unfair and um, you know the work that goes into it behind the scenes in terms of the preparation around renovations leading up to when they arrive is very significant. Mm. I mean there's a lot of cost that goes into that as well, be it both the grass track and also the sand fibre. So well, we're, we're really comfortable as the club in terms of you know the output of the track um, you know, is that as optimum through the period that the quarantine is on? How important is it for your club to host these internationals, also for the local community around Werribee? It's significant. It yeah. really is. It's um, it puts us on the map. Yeah, uh, it puts us on the map. You know, nationally, but internationally as well. But um, from a local perspective, um, what this generates for our local economy is, is upwards of millions of dollars year on year. Um, you know, we have. I think it's 91 people staying in town at the moment at the Quest. Um, you know, and the byproduct of that is what they do and what they invest yep. locally as well. So it's, it's significant. Plenty of drinking, I would imagine. I would imagine. Uh, one of our key sponsors, the Park Hotel, is uh, is a thrive of activity this time of year, that's for sure. <laughs> it's important to stay hydrated. It is. Particularly <laughs> in this climate. In any climate, I'd argue. But uh, <laughs> more importantly. Who's the best drinker in the international group, Lee? Lee Modest. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't wish to cast aspersions, <laughs> but 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 I, I know my, your 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 compatriot, the the croc, Mr. Jim McGrath. Yes, has been known to have the occasional Ribena, um, and he would. But he he's more your connoisseur. Oh, okay. he's he more your connoisseur. Yeah. he's a quaffer. He yeah. is, and he, what's he, a quaffer? What's a quaffer? Uh, you just sort of see him holding up one end of the bar just yeah. with a glass, just swirling it, and you know, regaling all with mm. tall tales and true and. 
until his nose starts to go a bit red, and then you kind of know, right, oh, Jim's had enough yeah. See you later, Jimmy. I think we've all seen that. Yeah. Hey, talking about, I, I won't repeat that story. There was a famous story about some broadcasters that headed to the Darwin Cup one day. Right. Yeah. yeah and a, a few of them were clearly best on ground. Right. Hey, Adam, thanks for having us. Appreciate your time, and uh, I guess you can nearly relax now. We can. We're really looking forward to Tuesday. Yep. Um, as you mentioned before, I think we've had five of the last nine Melbourne Cup winners, so we're really looking forward to hopefully making that six uh, six on Tuesday. Now, these boys, Lee Mottershead and Mick Sharkey, they're on the payroll, so they need to duck off and fill their other commitments on this morning as the train goes past Werribee. What a day. We've had the superstars work on the track. Now the trains go Great past. trains going by. Yep. Toot, toot. That was for you, yeah, Gareth. Was They're listening. That driver's actually listening, uh, I reckon. Charlie Fellows will be our next guest. I can't wait to catch up with Charlie. I think he's been one hell of a story over the last couple of years. Mr. Shimizu, now my Japanese isn't great, and Cozzy joins me, and Cozzy's a superstar, obviously. He rides over here. He works as a track work rider for Mike Moroni, but he is the translator for the Japanese trainers when they arrive in Australia for our carnival. So along with Cozzy and Mr Shimizu, who of course trades Murder Glace, they will join me. And Mark Power is an interesting young man. He is the stable rep, the, the trainer basically here for Joseph O'Brien. They have four runners in the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. So this is Cup Week Radio. We are at Werribee for International Day. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Charlie Fellows in the freight train, hopefully with surpasses straight after this. Charlie Fellows trains Prince of Aaron, and Charlie has become one of our favourites here in Melbourne at this time of the year. Charlie, hello to you. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Um, when did you arrive here in Australia? Very late on Wednesday night. We landed about midnight Wednesday night. Do you enjoy coming here? Obviously, you do, and your horse especially loves this country. I love it out here. I, I love everything about the Spring Carnival. Um, and the horse does too, which is great because um, it's a long way to travel and an expensive trip. Charlie, before we have a chat about Prince of Aaron, tell us your story. How did you get started in this game? So I, um, I am not from a racing family at all. My mum was a member of a syndicate back home in England. And I guess that's how I, um, it sort of came to my attention. And I used to watch racing on TV a lot, um, fell in love with it, got completely hooked and decided aged seven or eight that that was what I wanted to do. Um, and sort of from then on, I think my parents always thought that I would find it far too hard and um, fall out of love with it. And it sort of hasn't really happened, really. And I ended up, I did university, got lots of jobs in the summer holidays and then moved out here uh, after uni, worked in um, worked for Lee and Anthony Friedman uh, for, um, for a year out in Mornington. And I guess that's how I got to know Melbourne a bit and then went home and did five years as an assistant at home and set up training. It's not easy to become a trainer and to become a successful horse trainer if you don't have a family background. How difficult was that? Uh, it definitely it definitely helps. Uh, it, uh, racing is a lot about connections and who you know. And, and so when I started off, I didn't really know anyone. And actually, I suppose that was 
one of the biggest breaks I got is that my sister went to school back home with Simon Crisford's daughter. Now, Simon Crisford is Sheikh Mohammed's, or was Sheikh Mohammed's racing manager at Godolphin. So he was one of the most powerful people in horse racing and now trains back home in England. And he got me a job at Godolphin. And, and I guess that was sort of, that was a big uh, leg up that I needed and that got me on my way. When did you realise that you can really make it in this training cape or, or have a real good crack at it? I don't think I've realised it yet. I've got a long way to go yet. Yeah. I've got a long way to go yet. But um, we've had a good, you know, we've had a solid start. This is my sixth year training and every year has progressively got better and better. We've still got a lot of things that I need to achieve. My record in England is is solid, but my record outside of England is a lot a lot better. I've had winners, you know, Dubai Carnival last two years, um, obviously out here. Uh, we've had a lot of success in America as well. And so a, a lot of a lot of my biggest victories have been abroad and, and not in England, which is a source of frustration for me. But English racing is hard. It's very competitive and the prize money is useless. So, is there, is yeah. there a reason behind that? I think, uh, what is the reason behind that? I don't know. I think, I think my horses Maybe travel Tash very Eaton. well. Tash Eaton. A lot <laughs> he looks of, after Prince of Aaron. <laughs> all, of my, all of my mates have been saying, I don't know why you're even going out to Australia because Tash trains the horse. So, um, yeah, that could easily be it. She might be, the, she might be the reason, actually. What's it like training over there in England? It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. It's very, very competitive. The top sort of 20 trainers have a big sort of grip on the market. And, and the problem is, is that prize money over there is so poor that um you know making your way is uh is is really 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 difficult and getting new owners is not easy people do like young new trainers um so that you do have that sort of leg up but um i've trained 32 winners i think back home and we've won 480 grand in prize money which is which is no good um you know out here you'd be you'd be well over the million mark with that in mind, would you ever consider moving to Australia oh, or, know, or another part of the world? Do you know what? I would love to move to Australia. If, if it was down to me, I would move here in a shock because I, I just I love the country. I love everything about it. I think your racing is great. Uh, sadly, I uh, have a wife uh, <laughs> who is about to have a baby. Yes. And she's not so mad keen on the idea. She doesn't like the idea of leaving her family and friends. And so... At the moment, that's not going to happen. Um, but it is, uh, I, I love it out here. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we can keep on bringing horses out for the spring carnival and, and it can be my second home for a couple of weeks every, um, every November. Can you win the Melbourne Cup? We are talking to Charlie Fellows here on Cup Week Radio ahead of the Cup. And Prince of Aaron's been a story, I think, that the Australian putters especially have fallen in love with because of you and your story. And we hear the strapper Tash Eaton talk about Prince of Aaron and her love for that horse, uh, that horse as well. He's been so good since he's been in this country, of course, this preparation and last time. Are you starting to dream that this could just be his year and your biggest, your biggest victory? I would be, I'd be lying if I said it hadn't crossed my mind. I think there's a lot of reasons to be more positive this year than last year. And we finished third last year. So, you know, you, you, you sort of, I'm just watching Is that cool, three of Aidan O'Brien's yeah. horses gallop past me. That always 
slightly brings you back to earth when you see his horses come out here and you think you've got to beat them. Um, I, uh, like, you know, last year we did not have the perfect prep. We didn't want to run three days before the Melbourne Cup. He ran in pretty much every country that they have racing around the world. Uh, and he'd had a really hard year by the time he got out there, out here. Um, he drew a wide barrier. It rained on the morning of the race, which I don't think, I don't think is a negative. And if, you know, I, I I don't. I think he has no problem with the ground, but it just made it even more of a stamina test. And a horse that's had a hard year, maybe that was not what he needed. Um, this year, I'm sort of looking at it and I'm worrying about how very few excuses I have to give the owner if he does run badly, because he's had the most perfect preparation. Yeah. He's peaking at the right time. He ran two weeks ago and won a race that generally is a very, very good guide to the Melbourne Cup and a lot of, you know, has produced a lot of Melbourne Cup winners. I don't think it's as good a race as it was really? last year. I'm not convinced. I The Japanese horse really worries me. Uh, I thought he was ultra impressive in the Caulfield Cup, but Caulfield Cup winners have an atrocious record in the Melbourne Cup and... Yeah, there's a there's a question mark over whether he stays. There's a lot of horses that you can yeah. give a good shout to, but there's not one that sort of screams a bit like Cross Counter did last year. You know, he was thrown in on his yeah. on his English form. Like the weight he carried, considering his form back in England, was ridiculous. He's twenty one dollars, Prince of Aaron, at the moment. I think he gets the perfect gate. I'd love to get your insight on Michael Walker. He's a New Zealand cuz brother type of how you going, Charlie fellow. It's like Obviously, he, your horse, Prince of Aaron, just adores him because their record together is unbelievable. So I, I no disrespect to Michael whatsoever, <laughs> but I'd never heard a cuzzy bro whatsoever <laughs> before, before I came over here. And I rang up David Eustace, who's a really good mate of mine, yeah. uh, before the cup and I, uh, last year. And I was like, look, David, I need a jockey. <laughs> I need someone who can do a relatively lightweight and who's going to be available for the big race. Because, you know, he was just sort of unknown back then. And getting hold of a good jockey was going to be nigh on impossible. Yeah. Uh, especially for a small trainer like me. It's okay when Aiden brings one out here and yeah, everyone wants to ride for him, but everyone's like, Charlie who? So, um, <laughs> yeah, David recommended Michael. And uh, he's just, it's been a match made in heaven. He, the, uh, do you know what? He, he believes in the horse. That's yeah. the most important thing. He, every time he sits on him, his confidence in the horse. And um, Prince Warren is a very intelligent, very perceptive horse. He's a very aware of his surroundings. He's, he's um, yeah, and when a jockey gets on him and has that confidence in him, I'm sure that makes a huge difference. And he rides him beautifully, understands the horse, uh, and, and they make a very good team. So he's been a big part of the story as well. He's a great story, Michael Walker, because if you didn't know, I think he was... He was out in the bushland somewhere in New Zealand and he was out pig shooting and he had a pig and he fell off a cliff and was fighting for his life and everyone thought that he, he wouldn't survive, but he did. He's tough, he's strong, he's resilient. And he is a wonderful story and it would be superb to see Michael Walker and a Charlie Fellows combination along with Prince of Aaron win a Melbourne Cup. This, this, this race produces wonderful stories, but I think this would be one of... It's best with a young trainer coming through the ranks that speaks so well, has so much passion for the game, and Michael Walker, the, the Kiwi jockey that's made more comebacks than most. 
I didn't know that story no. about the You should ask him that about that. Yeah, he was. He, he nearly died. Yeah. And uh, he was in intensive care and his mates were with him and they had to get the helicopter and um, it was cold and they wrapped him up. And it, it's it's Jeez. a story that he told me on, on radio. It had everyone, like you could listen to it for half an hour, just the way that he described it. And he's very, very lucky to be here. Well, I've got, I've got a bit of time tomorrow in the parade, so I can ask him then. I'm yeah. sure he'll tell the story. No, Cusbro will be happy yeah. to tell you. But I like, no, do we want Joseph O'Brien's going no. with another Melbourne Cup? We, we need stories dull, like this. It? Yeah. Joseph's just won a Breeders' Cup race, I've just seen. That's boring now. <laughs> the Not Williams Joseph. family won five. He's got, <laughs> why is he running four in it? Like, what's the point? It's so dull. Yeah. We want someone different. Do you, do you do, like, the voice messages for your owners? before? Like, Prince of Aaron's going around in the Melbourne Cup today. We're drawing Barry 8, Michael Walker rides. Um, we're pretty confident, have something each way on him. Uh, I do, yes, similar, yeah. similar to that. Yeah, voice messages or, or WhatsApp notes. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Or try and just an old-fashioned phone call. Yeah, yeah we, we forget to do that yeah. these days. <laughs> What's so, Prince of Aaron mean to you? What does he mean to me? Do you know what? It's um, the thought of not having... I mean, I, every you always think what's going to happen when eventually he retires. And um, the whole in our sort of yard losing him you know, will be devastating because um he's done so much for us and and you yeah that horses like him are very very rare you don't know yeah horses that can travel all over the world be incredibly consistent like he is uh yeah they don't come along very often yeah finding melbourne cut horses is not no. easy uh especially for a small yard like my own and uh, yeah when he goes i very much doubt i'll have another one for for a while um so, uh, it, yeah, he's six years old, seven in, in Australian years, but six years old back home, and he's still got a couple of years left in him. The fact that he looks after himself and never overexerts himself means that, yeah, hopefully his racing career will be longer than most, and as long as he's happy and enjoying it, we'll keep on going. But, um, yeah, he's, um, he's just a pleasure to be around. Yeah. He's, a really, he's got the most wonderful nature. He's a really kind character, and, um, yeah, losing him or retiring him will be um, a sad day. It sounds like Prince of Aaron and Cusbro are the, the perfect combination, Michael Walker, and you're a star, Charlie Fellows, and um, the best of luck come Tuesday, mate. We appreciate your time here on Melbourne Cup Radio, and I'll be cheering for you just quietly. I'm Australian, by the way. We don't want too many internationals winning our great race, but you're one of the, the real good guys, and I think it'll be a great story for racing. Appreciate your time, and the best of luck come Tuesday. Thank you so much. We're joined by the trainer of Murder Glace, Mr. Shimuzu, and his translator, Cozzy, that we know so well over here in Australia. Cozzy, first of all, it's a very good morning to you. Tell us your role with the Japanese horses when they arrive here in Australia. My role is uh, basically just support everyone who's involved, you know, like Japanese people who's coming over here. Basically this year I'm supporting all three horses, you know, Meld Glaze, Kruger, Riskrishu of course, and so well as well as, as Suzuki Divius who's yeah. in the Barat now. So I basically support everyone and translate when I need to or just arrange everything. So yeah. It's been such a wonderful time for the Japanese. Murder Glace wins the Caulfield Cup. Lise Grasseur wins the Cox Plate. And, of course, Murder Glace is looking to become the 12th horse to win the Melbourne Cup Caulfield Cup double. Mr Shimizu is the trainer of Murder Glace. How is he feeling? Before the big race? えっと、メルボルンカップに向けて清水先生のあの気持ちをお聞かせください。はい、え、おそらく一番のレースと伺ってますので、ま、これだけの大きいレースにね、管理場を出走されるっていうのはすごく光栄ですし、
、えー、ぜひともね出るからにはいい状態で出走させて、えー、いい結果を出したいとは思っております。Yes, I'm well aware of the Melbourne Cup is、uh, the you know, biggest race in Australia, the race stop the nation. And it's a great honor to have a runner in you know, Melbourne Cup. And,、uh, and if I have a runner, of course, I have to have my horse 100% condition and hopefully to get good results. Mr. Shimizu, Murder Glaze would have worked at Werribee today on this Sunday morning. Is he ready to run a strong two miles in the Melbourne Cup? I'm going to go to the Melbourne Cup. 3200メートルフレミントンで走り切るだけのスタミナとは仕上がりはもう万全ということでしょうか一番よく聞かれる質問ですけども、まあ、一番わからないのが僕かもわかりませんけどそこはやってみないとわかりませんのでね。はい Well, this is a question I get to ask the most about distance. <laughs> but at the same time, I really do not know where、okay. he's going to go. But I just hope he, you know, he should.、Yep. Has he improved since Caulfield? Caulfield Cup is the same as the Caulfield Cup. So, this is the same as the Caulfield Cup. So, this is the same as the Caulfield Cup. He has put up very well from Caulfield Cup and started you know,、uh, getting ridden straight away. And yes, he's coming up you know, very nicely. Mr. Shimizu, what would it mean to you to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Shimizu, what would it mean to win a Melbourne Cup? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a super massive thing. And、uh, I know it's, you know, it's, of course, it's huge in Australia.、Yeah. And、uh, I'm basically you know, carrying a Japanese flag on my shoulders. So, yeah, it's going to be you know, massive. And hopefully, I can get a good result. Mr. Shimuzu, will Damien Lane have a statue of himself maybe when you arrive at Tokyo if he wins, say, the Melbourne Cup after he's won the Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, and hopefully the Melbourne Cup for Japan? えー、もしあのダミアル・ネイがこれでねコーフィードカップ勝ってコックスプレートをリスグラッシュで勝ってこれさらにメイドグラスでメルボンカップ勝つなんてことになったら日本にダミアル・ネイの銅像が建てられるんじゃないかって<笑>どう思いますか<笑>そうですね足向けてねあ通じないかわかんないですけど足向けて寝れないですねダミアルに Yeah, now we can't thank enough for you know ダミアル・ネイ for winning all those races Well, Mr. Shimizu and Koza, you've been superb to the media here since you arrived you've, you've added a lot to our spring racing carnival And I can't wait to see Murder Glace go, go around in, in the Melbourne Cup and, and seeing Damien Lane ride your horse once again. We appreciate your time here on RSN and Melbourne Cup Radio and, or Cup Week Radio. And、uh, good luck come Tuesday. Big party if you win. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Shimuzu and Kozzy. Kozzy, you've been a star, mate. The number one translator in the game, and we appreciate your help. I'm trying, so yeah, I'm always working for any job offers. So, we're now joined by Mark Power, the assistant trainer to Joseph O'Brien. Mark, welcome to Australia. Thanks very much, Gary. Thanks for having us. You've got four horses in the Melbourne Cup. How do you feel about that responsibility looking after four wonderful horses ahead of our big race over here? Actually, it's, it's fantastic responsibility to put a, be put, placed upon you. There's not a huge deal of pressure with it when you bring out four lads with you who actually care、yep. as much for the horses as they do any, anything else. You know,、um, there's four great lads MJ, 
MJ, Neil, Sean and Chrissy, like they love their horses more than anything. So, I mean, when you have those lads with you, it, it's a great responsibility to have placed upon the five of you. Mark, we know that Joseph O'Brien's a special talent. He's already won a, a Melbourne Cup a couple of years ago with Rekindling. He's just recently won a race over there in the States at Santa Anita in the Breeders' Cup. What's he like to work for? Obviously, he's the son of the chair, Baden O'Brien. He's great to work for. Um, we get on great. Uh, we could we we could socialise together. Um, work is work, and everything gets done in work and gets done to gets done to the best of your ability in work. And he he wants that no more than any of the rest of us want it. But um, he's very easy to work for. There's no. It's a very fun place to work. Yeah. There, there's a great atmosphere amongst it. Can you explain? Say, obviously, there's Belly Doyle, and everybody knows what Belly Doyle is like, even here in Australia. Um, Aidan O'Brien's training set up. He trains for Coolmore. So, where does Joseph train? Does he train nearby over there in Ireland? Uh, so, Aidan is obviously training in Belly Doyle, and we are training in Carriganog, uh, yeah. which is just outside Pilltown, about 40 minutes from Belly Doyle. Um, it's a totally different entity to Valley Dial. Um, the gallop itself is, well, nationally, it's fairly well renowned as being a tough gallop. Um, it used to be a public gallop there, but obviously Joseph is there and it's a private facility now for himself. The gallop itself is, is just something worth seeing. And maybe you have to kind of train according to, the, I think anyway, you have to train according to the gallop you have. While he might like to do things the Ballydoyle way, you have to alter it and tweak things slightly different uh, according to your facilities and the horses you have as well. What's Joseph O'Brien like, a, like as a trainer? What's his philosophy? Is it similar, say, to Aidan O'Brien? Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It, I'd imagine it is. I've never yeah. worked for Aidan, but um, kind of keeping it simple. Yeah. Um, try not complicate things. Uh, keep it as natural and as simple as possible and... Uh, Get them, get them as fit as you can while as keeping that bit of a freshness on them, yeah. We're talking to Mark Power here on Cut Week Radio. We're at Werribee where the international horses are staying and Mark's got the important job of looking after Joseph O'Brien's Melbourne Cup horses and you've got four in the races we mentioned at the top. First of all, Master of Reality. Drawn Barry number one gets the great Frankie Dottori aboard. Is gate number one, first of all, are you happy with that draw? Um, we're, it mightn't be ideal. Um, Massive Reality would probably go forward and uh, we'd like to hope that he won't get um, that he gets away from the gates well enough uh, and gets a chance to go forward so maybe we'd prefer to be drawn a little wider so as we won't get uh, we, won't, we won't get boxed in, boxed yeah. in from the start um, but we think we probably have the right man on his back uh, <laughs> to give us every chance of getting out anyway How do you rate Latrobe? Is he a horse do you think we'll get a strong two miles here in Australia? Uh, we think we think he will. Um, he is he, uh, he's got good form over uh, over a mile and a half. Obviously at home, um, I don't see any problem why, why he won't stay. Um, he's after maturing an awful lot in the year since he's been here last year, and uh, when he ran well in the beginning, and he, he's got a great temperament. I think he'll switch off. He'll probably get cover, and uh, we're hopeful he'll he'll stay out the two miles. Yeah. What about Twilight Payment? This horse I see after the Barry draw has been supported in eighty-one dollars. Was about a hundred to one last night. Is he the horse that we're forgetting about? Uh, maybe he's gone a little bit under the radar. His form is as good as anything back at home. He's got great form with Master of Reality and uh, that ties in with Master of Reality and Latrobe. 
and maybe he has he, he he did miss a day or two when he arrived over here first wasn't ideal initially but I mean it's after bringing a great freshness upon him mm. and uh, he's good and well and his work has been brilliant ever since Down draft of course won the Hotham on Saturday we saw Prince of Aaron run a really good race last year to finish third. Has he got the capabilities to, to back up and perform well on Tuesday? Yeah, we're hopefully he was. He, he's been good this morning and he, he ate up last night. Um, it was a brilliant run yesterday and maybe took us a small bit by surprise. We won't know until Tuesday. We won't know until no. he runs how well he's backed up or how, how well he, he's pulled up uh, uh, out of the race. You enjoy Australia? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're, we're having a great time over here. So... Uh, the boss man will be here long enough if he arrives tomorrow. What would it mean to you if you win the Melbourne Cup? Assurance, and you get a great sense of satisfaction out of it, um, as we did the first year uh, when Rekindling won. Yep. So if we could, you'd take great pride in what you do and getting that responsibility of bringing over four horses. So if we could come away with a result, it'd be fantastic. Well, Mark, the best of luck. It's a little overcast now here at Werribee, and the wind started to pick up just a little bit, so I'll better let you get back so you can keep warm and look after those four horses before the Melbourne Cup. Can you pick one out for the punters that you think might be the best chance come Tuesday? Who's the, who's Joseph O'Brien's number one seed? Uh, Joseph's number one seed, well, as I said, they all have their chances. Now, if you were to ask me to pick one and I had to go and pick one, yep. maybe we'll, we'll side with Master of Reality slightly. All right, mate. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us. Appreciate that and good luck on Tuesday. No problem. Thanks very much. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Lee Mottishead and Mick Sharkey have made their way back to our vantage point here at Werribee. They've put their headphones back on. It's time to go through each and every international runner in this year's Lexus Melbourne Cup. We'll start with the defending champion, Cross Counter. $13 with tab.com.au as we speak. William Buick rides the number one rider for Charlie Appleby. First of all, Lee, can he carry 57.5 and make it back-to-back cups? He definitely can. He definitely can. I don't think he's been weighted out of it. No. Um, he's a class act. Part of me has been a little bit disappointed with him this year at home. He won a race, a good race at Maidan on Dubai World Cup night um, in March. Since then, he locked horns with Stradivarius, who I think by common consent would be classified as the world's leading thoroughbred stayer. He was beaten by Stradivarius in the Gold Cup, but the Gold Cup is over half a mile further than the Melbourne Cup, and it proved to be beyond cross-counter. He couldn't beat Stradivarius again down to two miles in the Goodwood Cup, but then he's a little bit disappointing last time in the Iris and Ledger, but that was a funny sort of race. I am sweeter on him, having heard Chris Connor this morning, Charlie Appleby's man in Australia. Um, Chris, he's confident, isn't he? Yeah, oh. he's more confident than I thought he would be. Yeah. Um, He's not top. Of, he was top of my list last year. He was clear top of my list last year. 
He's not top of my list this year. But at the same time, knowing Charlie Appleby's record in Australia, knowing how good a horse cross counter is, I wouldn't be astonished at all if he did the fee, um, if he claimed back-to-back cups. Mick Sharkey cross counter. Are you as confident as Chris Conant, who's basically declaring him? He, he, he how dare declaring you? Su- him. Not declare, but how dare you suggest that fifty-seven and a half is too much weight when you ask Chris? I don't think it is because it's it's somewhat of a. a Compressed rate, uh, weight scale this year. You know, the, we're talking about horses at the bottom of 52 and a half. Do we get carried away with history with weight scale? Yeah. Because it is 2019. It's a new world. Yeah, I think we, we do. And the weights are, are far more compressed than they used to be in this race going back a ways. Look, I, I didn't think his last two runs were that bad. Obviously, the Gold Cup was his, was his target this season in the UK. But, you know, if you're finishing two and a tick lengths off the back of Stradivarius and DXB, that's good enough form for a Melbourne Cup. And that's a ledger run. But there's a couple of key form races for the Cup for the Internationals this year. The Ebor's one of them, St. Ledger's the other one. I thought his last sort of 50 and through the line in that St. Ledger, he was actually picking up pretty well, and he was finding the line. He was strong late. I know he's run fourth. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a, a good enough run for a horse that's you know really set to peak again for this uh, season Okay. in this race on Tuesday. He's in the game. Yes or no? Can he win, Lee? He can. Yes. Sharks? The second of the internationals is the Caulfield Cup winner. Only 11 horses have done the double, the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup double. He carries 56, so he got a kilo penalty for that victory in the Caulfield Cup. We just heard from Mr Shimizu, who is confident that the horse can really run well. He's happy with the way that he's trained on since that Caulfield Cup victory. He's still got a question mark over the two miles, and I guess we won't find that out until after that race on Tuesday. But since Mr Shimizu's had a chat to us here on Cup Week Radio. The putters have said, OK, we're backing the Japanese Raider. He's now into $6.50 with tab.com.au, Lee. It's a bit too short for me. OK. Um, I think he's, listen, he's, he's the Caulfield Cup winner. He's from Japan, and Japan is winning pretty much everything. You know, it, it, in Europe this year, we had a Japanese Raider, Deirdre, come out and win a Group 1 at Glorious Goodwood. They ran cracking races in the Irish Champion Stakes and elsewhere. We've all seen Almond die, um, winning again recently, an absolute superstar. J- Japan is on such a roll. This grass year when the Cox Plates won the same colours as Mare de Glace. So there's a there's momentum behind Mare de Glace. My two question marks about Mare de Glace would be, one, I, I just get the feeling that the Caulfield Cup was the race they came out here mm-hmm. primarily thinking they had a big chance of winning. And once you've won a Caulfield Cup, it's pretty hard not to then go for the Melbourne Cup when you come all this way um, and with the Melbourne Cup the question mark is the trip you certainly couldn't rule out Medeglas staying the trip Japanese horses are generally stoutly bred horses who stay they, they don't go after speed as much as they do go after salmon in, in Japan but I just think ultimately as a punter you're looking at the horse's chance relative to the horse's price and for me the horse's price now is too short Michael his sectionals in the Caulfield Cup were really good he was second fastest furlong between the eight and the six he was second fastest six and the four field fastest four to the two and then second fastest two to the post and what he was able to do from the 800 to the 200 was maintain sub 12 second splits all the way through so he's got the strength there and the acceleration i think will carry him forward well enough to say he'll run two mile the nagging doubt that i've got with him at the distance is he's by rulership and rulership basically topped out at 2000 meters he had some form to 
2,400, but it wasn't as good as his 2,000-metre form. But don't they say a mile and a half, a good, strong mile-and-a-half horse, wins our two-mile race here? Maybe. It depends how our two-mile races run. If this becomes a genuine two-mile test, then you know, I think there is some stamina yeah. doubt on, on the score of pedigree. The other nag that I've got with him now is barrier two. I don't think that's any help to no. this horse because he's going to have a wall of backsides in front of him. He'll, he'll get back. That's his pattern. Get back, fall out the second half of the field, and then wind up. And all of his races in Japan, and Damien Lane rode him beautifully in the Caulfield Cup to a similar pattern, is to get wide, let the horse flow through his gears, and finish unfettered. From barrier two, does he get that opportunity? I'm not sure. Master of Reality is the first of four runners for Joseph O'Brien, horse number three, inside gate for him, barrier number one. Frankie Dottori hasn't had a great record in the Melbourne Cup, but we know he won't be three wide without cover this time around. Lee, we just had a chat to Mark Power, who said that if you had to pick one of the four Joseph O'Brien train gallopers, it would be this horse, Master of Reality, as Lloyd Williams looks for his sixth Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised Mark said that. And I was also quite surprised that when we had Nick Williams on the stage at the event here this morning, ultimately he, he found it hard to split Latrobe and Master of Reality, but you sense he was maybe switching now towards Master of Reality. Yeah. He spoke about, which I hadn't realised, I'd, I'd known that Frankie had been booked for the horse for a long time, but he said that it goes back to Royal Ascot where Master of Reality ran a big race behind Stradivarius, who, of course, Frankie rode in the Gold Cup, and Frankie pretty much had then said to Nick Williams, I'm your man for Master of Reality in the Gold Cup. <laughs> it was go. very noble of him to, yeah. uh, to book himself for the ride that far out. So Frankie clearly sees a horse who he thinks can win a Melbourne Cup. My, my worry with Master of Reality was, although it's a, um, he's, a, he's a horse that's, that's been campaigned in, in Group 1s and he's clearly a very good horse, I just wonder if he was quick enough for yeah. Melbourne Cup and it sounds a silly thing to say a two mile race are you quick enough for the Melbourne Cup but he ran a big race over two and a half in the Gold Cup he stays all day he clearly has got speed and Mark Power was saying he's got quicker as he's got older he's a quicker horse this year than last year but I, for me he just lacks a bit of brilliance yep. um, so he wouldn't be towards the top of my internationals list Mick? Yeah, he's a relentless stayer, but that turn of foot isn't there. I haven't seen it in any of his runs at any stage of his career. He just goes forward, he lobs, and he out-toughs them much of the time. I think he'll run to that pattern again. He'll be somewhere near the speed. Uh, but I think when the others come with a, with a late sprint, he might be just at the one pace. A quick comment here on Mirage Dancer. It's not here at Werribee anymore, but it's only had the one run for Trent Busseton and uh, Natalie Young, of course. This horse... Um, was competitive in some nice races in Europe before arriving here in Australia. And I thought his run in the Caulfield Cup was pretty good. Well, do you know, Mirage Dancer is, for me, a bit of a... It's a strange old story because of all the horses that have have travelled from Europe to Australia for this race, he's one that barely anybody seems to be talking about. Um, He was trained by Sir Michael Stout for Kyle Abdullah, Mr. Frank or Mr. Enable. Um, and he ran in some really good races. He wasn't, he only was trying once in group one company in Hong Kong last year where he blew out, but he was a solid group two class horse. He, I thought he ran a really good race in the, uh, in the Caulfield Cup. Perhaps he hasn't joined the sexiest Australian connections relative to some of the yep. horses that have, that have moved over. Um, and I suppose another 
potential negative would be that his former trainer and former owner sold two very similar horses to Australia in recent years. They had a horse called Sea Moon, who came over from um, Stout's Yard with very high hopes over here. Never really right. did a lot. So much so he actually went back to Europe into training with John Ox. And they had a horse called Exosphere. I think run here is Exospheric. He did. Um, who, again, looked a potential Group 1 class horse when he left Europe. And, again, he didn't do a lot here. I think between the two of them, and they both ran the Melbourne Cup, and they won one Australian race between them. So that sort of suggests to me that Stout and... Abdullah's racing team have become very good at working out what horses to sell to Australia. Um, so that would be a negative for me. The positive would be the price. Um, you certainly with, with Bookie, yes, you get 33 to 1. On his form, and what he did in the Caulfield Cup, he shouldn't be a 33 to 1 no. shot. Didn't get a bad draw. He's, he's a strangely overlooked contender. Mick Mirage Dancer. I know he's improved a lot since he left Werribee and went to the Busset and Young Camp, and they're incredibly happy with him and the other bit of positivity with this horse is Ben Mellum who rode him at Caulfield said I waited too long to get him going he wasn't an immediate let's go boy and yeah. bang the the uh the efforts there so I think having had that experience he'll stoke this fellow up a, a lot earlier than he did at Caulfield Gee, they're really positive that this horse will run well I think he's a good chance to run top five Southern France is a horse that there's no love for he continues to drift in the market he's at 26 dollars I had a chat to Kiramar after the barrier draw yesterday, we heard that on Cut Week Radio as well. He's confident, but oh, there's no love for him. Are you hearing anything out of Werribee, Lee? Not really, no. Um, he's a horse that doesn't excite me either. He's got he's got some good bits of form. You know, he he was second to Stradivarius in the Yorkshire Cup back in in May, um, and he uh, didn't run a bad race behind Stradivarius in the Goodwood Cup. He's run third in the Irish St. Ledger. And heck, he, he beat Downdraft. Uh, the cover two yeah. starts again. We saw what Downdraft did yesterday. Again, I just... I, I, I question whether he... Has a turn of foot? Yeah, I question, yeah. I question... I also question whether he's got enough in hand of the handicapper to, to be winning a race like this. Okay. I think he's a good horse, but it, he strikes me more as a mid-division performer on he's Tuesday. He's $26 now, Mick. That's a great point on the handicap. I think he's too close to the likes of Cross Counter, who's probably got a little more to come, and, and he's only two kilos uh, off him. He's a big, heavy unit. His only chance is if this becomes a real slog. If this becomes a gruelling staying test, and I could see him getting into the finish... He just lacks. He lacks that speed. He, he lacks that turn of foot. Uh, he will stay all day. But I think others will quicken up past him. This is Cut Week Radio. We are at Werribee, and we're here for International Day with Gareth Hall, Lee Mottershead from the Racing Post, and Mick Sharkey. And we are going through runner by runner of the international hopefuls in our great race come Tuesday, the Melbourne Cup. We're up to Hunting Horn the six. Shamie Heffernan rides for Aidan O'Brien. I think this is an interesting. Booking regarding the jockeys, Ryan Moore had the choice. He's decided to, to ride Magic Wand, who we'll talk a little bit about a little later. But Hunting Horn gets a middle gate, uh, won nicely, I thought, at Mooney Valley last start in their Gold Cup. He's at $34. He's a remarkable horse as well. You yeah. know, if you look at what he's done this year, he started off in January, mid-January, actually late January, running uh, Goldstream Park. <laughs> that was one of three races he's had this year in America. <laughs> He's raced in Qatar. Yeah. It's pretty unusual for a Melbourne Cup horse. He's raced in Dubai. Um, he's run at Royal Ascot. He ran fourth at Crystal Ocean. 
He's run in Ireland. He's now won in Australia. He has contested some of the best races in the world. He ran in the King George behind Enable. Um, he's been used as a pacemaker twice by Buddy Doll. He's been sent off like a greyhound from track one in some group ones, basically used for the benefit <laughs> of the stable companions. Personally, Lee, I'd be so devastated if a pacemaker wins our Melbourne Cup. Well, I mean, also, but you'd have to say, Hunting Horn, he can have no ego. Because to have no. been used like that, if I was him, I'd be saying to Aidan, mate, you know, I, I, I wet my guts out and use him as a pacemaker. <laughs> and yet he still goes to Mooney Valley and he gives his all and wins We don't it. have pacemakers in this country, but is there a chance that he might go forward to, on Tuesday? I don't think so, just yes. because, well... Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just could, thinking out loud. I think he could go for, but I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be used up no. in the sense that I think he's a horse that they will see has a chance. Middle of the week, T.J. Comerford, who's Aidan's man over here, thought that Ryan would ride Hunting Horn. Okay. Um, you'd be disappointed if a horse who won the Mooney Valley Gold Cup was used as a pacemaker in the. Well, Marble you can't Cup. use pacemakers in this country, but obviously well, there no, was that course, controversy with well, that Septimus yeah. year. They've got when seven Johnny in the race. <laughs> you reckon a couple aren't going to uh, ensure the tempo's <laughs> right here? I think I think we're a bit naive. Well, should we, we be allowed to know that with the stewards? When when you have so many stable mates, do you think that they should? They, ne- they need to go to the stewards and declare their tactics for to well, help out the punters. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a big debate at home, and I, I, I think I've written should. a lot about it for the Racing Post. It, it, it always strikes me as a bit galling, because so back home, and this will sort of be an anathema to, to, to listen over here, but back home, horses are often used as pacemakers, particularly from Ballydor, sometimes from Godolphin, uh, in big races. But um, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. What the, the the rule says that every horse has to be ridden so that the horse can produce that horse's best performance on the day. That's plainly not the case with some of these pacemakers. And I, I find it galling because we assume that when punters are betting on races that they all know when they see these horses what those horses are likely to do and what these horses have done. For most big race meetings, just as it'll be on Tuesday at the Melbourne Cup, most of the race goes on Tuesday probably will have very little knowledge or understanding of no. horse racing. They go in there for a, for a day out because it's a great occasion and they see a name and they expect that horse to be ridden to that horse's best possible advantage. Pacemakers, that can never be the case. Against that, you do sometimes have weird and wacky occasions back home when a 100 to 1 shot who's ridden as a pacemaker Keeps goes and kicking. wins. Goes and wins, yeah. yeah. Goes and wins, which is always the argument used by those that say pacemaker, nothing wrong with it. Um, but I've always preferred to watch World Championship athletics than Grand Prix athletics, where pacemakers go off like the clappers. Um, he's a he's a he's a good horse. I can't see him winning it. I think Ryan Moore's made the right call. Can Hunting Horn win in your eyes, Mick Sharkey? No. Okay, we'll move on. Latrobe, Top ten, but no, can't win. Yeah. Latrobe, James McDonald, Joseph O'Brien combined here. Twenty six dollars with tab.com.au. Yeah, I like he's not one of mine, Latrobe. He's, he's one of mine. Is he? Yeah, you, you, you might have won him. I'll have him. Um, oh, you I, can definitely have him. Well, that's very sweet of you. Yeah. Um, for free. I, well, even better. Um, <laughs> this horse, to me, looks like, and Nick Williams has, has agreed, it might have been just being nice, but he's agreed, looks like an 18-month plan yeah. for this race. He won the Irish Derby, but it was just about as bad an Irish Derby as you'll find. But it was an Irish Derby. Yep. Um, and he's beaten, he's beaten fair horses. I think they they knew 18 months out that Latrobe was probably not a horse who was ever going to win a King George or an Ark or a race like that. But he's owned by uh, a family that is is obsessed about the Melbourne Cup. 
They probably thought that last year was a year too soon for the Melbourne Cup, but he came over for the McKinnon, and he ran a smashing race in the McKinnon. He's running races this year that haven't that have, that have ensured that Greg Carpenter probably can't have him on too uh, punishing. Clark, yeah. Um, I think he's waited to run a big race. I think he's been trained for a year and a half to run a big race. He's not guaranteed to stay, but my hunch is he will stay. Uh, he's been coming down in the betting recently. I'm surprised it took so long for people to get interested in him. So, whilst you might not like him, I like him very much. Are you a Latrobe fan, Michael? I certainly am. I think with these big field handicaps, the game is beating the handicapper. And Lloyd Williams plays that game. And I think they've played a very good game here with Latrobe. As Lee said, the McKinnon run proved a couple of things. Number one, he's up to weight for age class. Number two, he handles Australian good ground. That's important. That was a little that was a little reconnaissance mission, I think, last year yep. in the uh, in the McKinnon. His form hasn't been that bad this year. I thought the Cara Cup run was really good. Twenty eight hundred, it was a good tough test there with Twilight Payment. I think he'll run the trip no problem, no problems at all. Okay, so... He'll sit in the first half of the field. It'll be hard to beat. A big couple of ticks for Latrobe. Okay. Mustashir, trained by Chris Lees and Damien Oliver. This horse was okay, I thought, in the Caulfield Cup. He gets to Flemington, which I think he'll be suited a lot better. Damien Oliver's in red-hot form at the moment. He's the, the, the most successful ever jockey for a Flemington carnival, and that carnival's been going since 1855, so that's a wonderful achievement for... Um, from the boy from WA. He's looking for his fourth Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. Can he do it with Mustachia? I don't really fancy him, Hugie. I, th- I think he ran a great race to win the E-Ball, which has run as a million-pound sterling race the first time as York tried to um, rival more and more, not rival, but to emulate what you guys have here with the Melbourne Cup. That was a super effort, and he didn't do anything wrong in the Caulfield Cup. But it just doesn't excite me in the way that some of the other contenders do from 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 Europe. Yep, Sharky. The E Ball is the other key form race for mine in in this year's Melbourne Cup, and there's been a handful of them come out here for it. We've seen True Self uh, go to Geelong. We've seen Red Galeo fifth at Geelong. We've seen Prince of Arran win at Geelong. Uh, Raheen House has been ordinary. Red Verdon eighth in a Caulfield Cup with not a lot of luck. Mustajir was the winner of the E-Ball, and along with Prince Aaron, he's been the best performer out here from that race, he running six in the Caulfield Cup. But while he found the line, he, he didn't charge through it. And before the race, he just looked a, a bit on the tubby side uh, for a horse that allegedly he's got here, rock-hard fit. I think he'll improve out of that race. But again, I think he's a little bit like Hunting Horn. He's a top yeah. 10 chance, could run a place, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he won the race. Twilight Payment, when we had a chat to Mark Power, of course, the assistant trainer for Joseph O'Brien, he said that this, this horse had a setback when he arrived here in Australia. He missed a couple of days' work, but he said that could be a blessing in disguise. Uh, maybe he was just talking, trying to be positive regarding this horse's chances. He'll be nice and fresh anyway. Huey Bowman takes the ride. He's currently at $81 Twilight Payment, but he does have a win over Latrobe. It does, but again, I wouldn't read too much into that in the sense that I think the Trobe's connections were very much training him towards the Melbourne Cup. Um, whereas at that point, Twilight Payment certainly wasn't being trained towards um, the Melbourne Cup. He 
was trained by one of Ireland's top trainers, Jim Bolger, um, was sold to join Connections after that. Jim Bolger apparently said to the Williams family, listen, I'm, 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 an, I'm an old guy. Let young Joseph, <laughs> let young Joseph do it, which was very noble of him. Um, again, I, I think he's, he's, a, he's a good horse, but for me, he's not a Melbourne Cup winner. Okay. What about your thoughts on Twilight Payment there, Sharks? Not good enough. He'll go forward. He may be one of those that helps set the pace. Charlie Fellows, I'm cheering home now, Prince of Aaron, after having a chat to him just before on Cup Week Radio. What a legend he is. Isn't he? Oh, he's a ripper. And the story behind this horse and the Michael Walker story as well. I think he's a live chance, God bless him. He's into $17 now with tab.com.au. Yeah, again, almost a surprise that he's been as big a price as he is, given he was third in the cup last year, turned into the home straight cruising. Charlie Fellows thought he was going to win that day. Didn't quite win, but he, but he ran a, a hell of a race, having won the Hotham just three days earlier, which Charlie Fellows was saying at the time he hadn't wanted to have to do. This year he comes into the race off a much more logical and smoother preparation. His last run in Britain before he came out here was a big run, uh, in a Group 3 on the all-weather at, at Kempton. Charlie's saying he doesn't necessarily think he's a better horse this mm-hmm. year, but he's had a better preparation. Um, he's handicapped perfectly fairly. We know he loves Australia. He loves the big flat tracks here. Um, he stays the distance. There's not really a lot not to like about Prince of Aaron. I think he's a great each-way bet. And because Australians have seen him before... They, I think they'll they'll be happy to, to punt him. As far as the internationals go, they'll be happy to have something on uh, Prince of Aaron. He's just so tough, and I can see him getting a really similar run to what he had last year, this year. At the top of the straight, you'll be thinking he's going to go and win it. This is Cut Week Radio with Gareth Hall, the Racing Post, Lee Mottishead, and also Mick Sharkey as we preview the international runners for the Lexus Melbourne Cup on International Day on this Sunday here at Werribee. Now, this is an interesting horse, Raymond Tusk. We don't know too much about him. We know that he was unlucky in an e-ball last start. We haven't seen him since. And he's trained by a trainer that I have so much respect for over in the UK and Richard Hannon. But we don't usually see Richard train Melbourne Cup runners. In fact, this is his first runner, Lee. Yeah, and Richard Hannon and his father, also Richard Hannon, who was, who was a great trainer for decades in Britain, were always much more associated with milers and sprinters and stayers. I can only think of one really decent stayer his dad trained, a horse called Assessor. Um, Richard has sort of diversified a bit in the sense he trains different sorts of of horses and he has got a genuine contender. Um, he's got a horse who's been relatively lightly raced this year. Um, his second to DXB ties him in with the Stradivarius form. You can figure about he's running the Gold Cup behind Stradivarius. That 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 wasn't him that day. I think he, he was at his best over two and a half miles. But he's running the e-ball. Caught a lot of people's eyes under Jamie Spencer. Jamie Spencer is a jockey, though, who his riding style sometimes means that his rides catch people's eyes. He, he loves to... He's brilliant from off the... He's brilliant from the front as well, but he's brilliant from off the pace. Um, Jamie's been very sweet in the horse's chances since then and was keen that the horse went straight for the... The Melbourne Cup, they swerved the Caulfield Cup to come here. And, but I, I just, I wouldn't be convinced um, for me that, again, he's got enough in hand of the handicapper to win a Melbourne Cup. He, 
Yeah, that that's the key. Another kilo. You know, if he's carrying 53 in this race, I think he's well and truly in the game. But it's a game of inches, the Melbourne Cup, and that one, that that 54 yeah. mark, it just keeps pulling me up. I like him on form, and I think he's got a good race pattern to to be in the finish of the race. There's nothing overly sexy about him. I just think he's in the right place at the right time, but he's just in a kilo uh, too heavy for mine. Downdraft, uh, another one here for Joseph O'Brien. Johnny Allen keeps the ride. He has to waste a 53 and a half here, Johnny Allen. And he did that, of course, in the Caulfield Cup, I think, with Mr. Quickie. This horse was impressive to win in the wet there on Saturday in the Hotham. Can he do what a few horses have done? and win a Hotham and then go on to win a Melbourne Cup. Well, geez, he was impressive. Um, he was. He travelled beautifully through the race and went a long way clear very quickly. The problem is he had to do that on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anyone connected to the horse, uh, including Terry Henderson from OTR Racing, are trying to pretend that in an ideal world they wouldn't have done that on Saturday. He emerged without a penalty. Greg Carpenter was, was, was kind. He, he didn't give the horse a... Um, any extra weight. I think he's a horse that, like Prince of Aaron last year, could actually run a, a really good race, particularly if um, we get some more rain, because although they didn't think he'd be great on soft ground, he handled it really well, I thought, on, on Saturday. I can't see him winning it, but I can see him running well. I've liked how this horse has progressed this season in Europe. I actually bought a horse that ran second to him uh, called The King, who'll come out here. He's here now, actually. Um, so I, I don't mind the form. That three runs in 11 days, that's the, that's the slight query for me. It, it's something very unfamiliar to these imports. And while he may have responded on Saturday, he has to go up another couple of pegs again if he's to win on Tuesday. The five-year-old man, Magic Wand, that was fourth in the Cox Plate. Ryan Moore, the number one rider for Cornwall, decided to ride the mare despite the draw. Um, Aidan O'Brien, of course, prepares. He's, it's, it's hard to think... That he's still looking for his first Melbourne Cup, the great trainer. And Magic Wand's at $26. She's an interesting runner, is Magic Wand. She's a horse that I think midsummer, if you'd said to people, Magic Wand, she'll run in the Melbourne Cup, but he said, no, she won't. You know, you'd have thought she'd be much more likely to be uh, in Santa Anita today running in the Philly and Mare turf or the Breeders' Cup turf because she. That's what the sort of race that she's running, and she's been a mid- middle distance horse. Um, she's a tremendous, been a tremendous stalwart to to Aidan O'Brien. She's run on her last three starts, second in an Arlington Million, second in an Irish Champion Stakes, fourth in a Cox Plate. She's a proper Group One horse. She might not win Group One races, and she hasn't won a race since the Ribblesdale over a mile and a half of three-year-old fillies at Royal Ascot last year. So she's got a year and a half, pretty much without winning anything but she keeps running well um she's apparently done very well indeed since the cox plate she's not guaranteed to stay two miles but i wouldn't be at all surprised if she did stay two miles particularly two miles in a melbourne cup and if she does again we keep saying this is a handicap when i look at the handicap and what weight she's got relative to other horses i think she's on a decent mark so as she's on a decent mark as she's coming into the race in good form, as she's got Ryan Moore on board, balance against that, the fact she's got the widest store, but she's going to come from through the pack anyway, I thought. Because I think she's well-weighted, I think she's a horse who's better than her price. She hasn't really seen much action over a mile and a half with, with any real form for a little while now. You have to go back 
earlier in her career where she was running in Oaks and whatnot. And uh, I remember she hosed up in a Ribblesdale. Yeah, she won that one and, day. And, Absolutely. On a mile and a half at Ascot, you're basically climbing for the final mile. Yep. And if yeah. you walk Ascot, it's a proper hill. Did it's you a proper talk climb. me into it, boys, with I magic think, wand? I think that race gives us some yeah. chance. Look, I know it was over a year ago now, but the stamina test that is that Ascot 2400, it gives us some hope. The 19 is Constantinople. This horse was the favourite before the barrier draw. He's been replaced by Murder Glace. You can get around $8 now with tab.com.au. Lindsay Park, prepare. But Coolmore still have 25% yeah. of this horse. They don't have 25% of Southern Moon. No. I think that says it all. Yeah, 25% is better than nothing. Yes. And 25% of a Melbourne Cup winner is still quite a lot. I'd settle for 25% of a Melbourne Cup winner. I would too. Yeah. Um... He's a funny horse, isn't he? He's a horse that divides opinion. He does. Um, I am in the Johnny Murta camp. Ben Hayes, I had a chat to him about that. He took offence to it, basically. He said, well, he's only had the nine starts and he's won twice. What else was he meant to do? Yeah, I'm never sure. I, I, I never think people taking offence this Not offence, Constantin- yeah, yeah, Constantinople will not be in his box at Lindsay Park. Oh, my goodness. They're, 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 they're saying horrible things about me. Um I, I had a big bet on him at Royal Ascot in the oh. King George Fifth oh, Handicap that's why. Yeah. this year. It all and comes out eventually. Yeah, it does. I'm having therapy. Um, <laughs> he came there looking like he was bound to win the race. He should have won the race, yeah. but he didn't win the race. And the horse we saw there was the horse we saw at Goodwood in the Gordon Stakes. He ran a very similar race that day, rolled around a little there bit. to win. And couldn't yeah. win. Head was in the air. Again, in the voltager, he... Probably, he wouldn't have been good enough to beat Logician, but again, he didn't look the keenest. If you're being generous, and like yourself, Mr. You, yeah. you're a generous, you're a generous man, you're a nice man, you'll probably say he is a young, inexperienced horse. He's still, free, he's still building into his Learning frame. Caper. Yeah, he's grown. This time next year, when he's fully grown and he's 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 filled himself, he won't be doing that. The alternative point of view is is a horse who, when push comes to shove and he has to go through the pain barrier, decides, I'm not completely convinced I want to do that for whatever reason. Um, I thought the Caulfield Cup run, whilst he looked unlucky, I thought there were also elements of the Constantinople that we've seen in Europe Mm. coming out again there. Nick Williams was saying today he was offered to the Williams family they turned him down. They thought he wasn't a Melbourne Cup horse this year, so he could have been racing in their colours. He's not. Um, listen, he's clearly a hugely talented horse. He's almost certainly ahead of the handicapper based on what he could achieve. But I could have a six-pack if I changed my diet and I went to the gym twice a day. <laughs> I haven't got one. No. And whilst Constantinople could win a Melbourne Cup, I don't think he will win a Melbourne Cup. The fact that he was offered... For sale, keep, that keeps coming back for me, you know, that they were, they were happy to offer him for yeah. sale. It wasn't people chasing him saying, we've got to buy Constantinople. Constantinople was on the market. He should have won an Ascot. He should have won a Goodwood. That says it all, basically. He, he, Put a line through Constantinople. Mental Cup. application, yeah. Gareth, you know? Cup. That's not something you suffer from. No. You're always focused <laughs> and 100% driven. And even after radio the other day at the Carbine Club, while others were off filling you know, yep. their, their stomachs yep. with all sorts of uh, different potions and, Correct. and motions, you know, you were sitting there in a bad reviewing suit. the program <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a bad suit with yeah. runners on. Would you like a beer, Gareth? No, Sweating. I'm a professional. professional. I'm doing yeah. my work. And you know what? That, that's why you're not Constantinople. 
El Paradiso. Maybe I'm no, definitely not him. I'm too, too old to be El Paradiso. He's at $15 here. Lorden takes the ride. He only has to carry 52 and a half. Yeah, and this is his fate, isn't it? 19 into 20. One, uh, Aiden O'Brien, or f- one former Aiden O'Brien trained Northern Hemisphere three-year-old into a current Aiden O'Brien trained Northern Hemisphere three-year-old who they haven't sold. Um, yes. So he's a horse whose best run was when he ran uh, close up behind Stradivarius, being a length and a quarter in the Lonsdale Cup at York in late August. That was a... That was a big effort, and I think that is a more accurate reflection of his ability than his subsequent fifth to Logician, the St. Ledger, which wasn't a bad run, but I think by then they probably decided that they were going to go to the Melbourne Cup with this horse and that he probably wasn't good enough to win a Ledger. Um, I think he's a horse with a, with a major shout. Look, Greg Carpenter has cottoned on to the fact that the previous two Melbourne Cup winners were Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds, and he's probably he's looking at them in a slightly maybe more critical way, but I still think Il Paradiso off his way, off with, with Wayne Lorden on board, who, whilst he's not that well-known over here, is a key member of Team Ballydor, and he wins lots of big races for Ballydor. He, there'd be nothing lost from the saddle, and I think he's a, he's a major player. He's definitely in the game. He's a very, very good tough stayer. And I know it was a field of four that he ran third in the Lonsdale Cup, but fourth was some 15 lengths behind him. So he, he, he wasn't far from those really, really, really top-class elite European stairs. The St. Ledger run I didn't mind either. He, he was there, he presented, he hit the front. A couple of others were quicker than him late, but he didn't drop away. He kept staying on at the one pace. He kept staying on and trying. The head was low and flat. He didn't throw the head up and give up. It wasn't as if they went past him. He said, oh, I'm beaten. That's it, me finish. So I think they're both... Uh, they're, they're good qualities to have for a young, lightly raced horse, and wouldn't shock me if he was in the first three. OK, who will be the first home past the post in the Melbourne Cup at Flemington that's been based here at Werribee? Of the horses? And it can be the horses that have obviously were here for a little while before yeah. going to the Australian trainers. OK, of the, well, of the horses that we've been talking about, the ones I like the most of the ones here are yep. Prince of Aaron, Magic Wand, Mirage Dancer... Uh, Latrobe, and there's one more that I can't think of. Can you please give us one lead? But of those, I think Latrobe will do best. I think I say an 18 month plan Latrobe, for please. this day. Oh, I can't copy him. Latrobe. <laughs> What's wrong with Latrobe? No, I agree. What's wrong He's with not Latrobe? one of my horses, mate. He, he sh- Why don't you like he him? He should have won the McKinnon last year. Like it was a, it wasn't the greatest McKinnon Fields, was it, Mick? But this isn't a two thousand meter wave for age race. It's a yeah, two mile. I don't, I don't, I don't even think he gets two miles. Would run second in a St. Ledger? Oh, well, if I he does stay, wrong. if he does stay, wouldn't you normally say? Gee, you've rolled over on this pretty quick, Gareth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wouldn't you normally say that a horse who was good enough to almost win a McKinnon, if he does stay two miles, yeah. would have a hell of a chance? But Magic one Cup. finished fourth, saying a Cox Plate that was so much better than say that McKinnon last year. The McKinnon hasn't really lived up to expectations since they have moved that race to that last day of the carnival yet. It's work in progress. Yes, it's a work in progress. So, As are we all? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. If Latrobe wins, I definitely won't be allowed to be back on radio. Um, so you're with Latrobe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Latrobe. <laughs> there you go, you see. I'm with Prince of Aaron. I'll, I'll have a slab on it that Prince of Aaron will beat home Latrobe in the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Who's your tip overall? We'll probably hear it another 55,000 times before the race on Tuesday. You're still with Fitch and your. Um, 
Well, you love Chris Waller, don't you? What, what's the point of asking the question if you're going to be rude about the answer <laughs> before it comes? Uh, yeah, I think Finch, uh, I thought he ran a cracking race yep. last year. I thought he's been trained for the race since then. That was his second up start in Australia. I've loved his run so far this year. And as you say, I have tremendous admiration for Mr. Waller, his training and his post-race interviews. Murder Clays. And Prince of Aaron for mine, uh, you've got Latrobe and Finch and uh, Michael. Surprise baby. Paul Pruska had a chat to him there yesterday after the barrier draw. He was up and about. He's, uh, he didn't, the barrier draw didn't it, really it bother him no too much. No consequence. No, and he said the Wimmera. Have you, you should head to the Wimmera. After surprise, if it does win the Melbourne Cup, you should head down to about three hours west of Victoria northwest of Victoria, I mean Melbourne, I should say, yeah. because it's in Victoria, you idiot, Gareth. And um, she'd go to a couple of pubs like Minyup and Matoa and Horsham. What about the Royal Mail at Dunkel? Yes. That's, no, that's, that's not probably Wimmera, more Lee speed, I reckon. Is, no, the Dun- Fine dining. Yeah, Dunkel's oh, no, not Wimmera. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. Grand, Southern Grampians. Yeah. It's a long way to go for a Sauvignon Blanc, isn't it? Yeah. Three hours. No, you wouldn't be having a... Would uh, no, no, you'd be having a, a VB, brother. A VB? Yeah. Really? <laughs> no Sauvignon Blancs over in Horsham. Okay. okay. No. Thank you. For tonight. We'll leave him on his head from Racing Post. Mick Sharkey, thank you thank very you, much. Gareth. And this has been the official VRC International Podcast.